Welcome to the C2C podcast, the podcast powered by Bevy. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love all in 15 minutes. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. I'm excited to have our next guest, Jay Klaus, who is the creator at Freelancing School. Jay built Freelancing School to be a place for freelancers to learn from each other, connect with their peers, and ultimately become more successful in their work. Today, Jay shares his experience in building communities from scratch and why quality often beats quantity. All right, Jay, can you describe what Freelancing School is and what you do in your role? Totally. Freelancing School is an online education platform to help freelancers make a living freelancing. A lot of people are drawn to freelancing because they want control and, you know, power over their day and how they spend it, who they work with, when they work, all those things. Uh, But a lot of freelancers come in without a lot of experience running businesses, and they find out pretty quickly that if you don't embrace being a business owner, the business of freelancing does not reward you with those things you were seeking in the first place, that extra time, that control over your time, the income that you want. All those things are rewards that you get when you are good at running a freelance business. And so with freelancing school, I'm trying to help as many people as I can not have the realization that freelancing is really hard and instead have the realization that this does actually reward me in the way that I wanted. Awesome. And so what exactly is it that you do? Like, obviously, there's a community aspect of it. What kind of community programs are you running in freelancing school? Yeah, at this point, it's a one-man show, so I do all of the things, (laughs) but uh, it breaks down into a couple things. We have a lot of free educational articles, like a lot of the way that people find freelancing school is through some of the articles that I've published online. Then I have some premium courses, and that's where really where freelancing school started. It started with some premium courses that I built for LinkedIn Learning and then built on top of myself for freelancing school. And those courses cover all of the kind of nuts and bolts business aspects, things like finance and legal and setting yourself up in an official capacity, understanding how to plan for taxes, how to write proposals, things like that. Then it gets into marketing, how to confidently market yourself and selling, how to ultimately sell more projects or sell projects for more money. All those things together will help you run a more successful freelance business. And most recently, and the reason that we're talking here today is a community platform that we've built on top of that. So that along with the articles, the community platform is completely free and open. It's an awesome resource to come in, ask a lot of questions, get support from me directly and learn from other freelancers too. Perfect. And now is this Unreal Collective? Tell me about what Unreal Collective is, because I know that that's something you work on as well. Freelancing School kind of came out of Unreal Collective because Unreal Collective was my first business um, on my own about four years ago. And that looked like basically an online mastermind program, but I framed it as a 12-week accelerator. And I thought I would be working with a lot of startup founders through that program because before all this, my background was in startups. And what kept happening was the people who uh, had the most success of the program and told their friends about it were service-based business owners because they are exceptionally good at their craft. They're really good at getting their clients the outcome that they want, but they didn't have a lot of experience running a business itself. And so I just found that most of the clients that I worked with through this mastermind program were service-based business owners, freelancers, things like that. 
And I was giving a lot of the same advice all the time. And I realized, oh, there's a need here. And I have developed a lot of frameworks and, and thought around this. That's when I built freelancing school as a way to kind of capture that insight and scale my ability to deliver it, as opposed to asking people to invest in a several hundred dollar program for a 12 week period. It was like, here's everything you really need to know. You can self-serve and teach yourself for 99 to $200. And it was just, you know, a natural evolution. So I want to talk about that because you're a one-man show. You built these things from scratch. You kind of started from the ground and now you're here. Um, and so when you're starting from scratch, why do you believe that starting small is so important? Well, especially as it relates to communities, if you're starting from a small community, the advantage that you have is that you can really make sure that everybody involved and everybody coming in feels like they personally know all the other people. Unreal Collective, this accelerator program I'm talking about, on the back end of that, not without a lot of thought, honestly, I created a Slack community so that anybody who went through the program all time could remain connected to me, connected to the other people going through the program and have kind of an outlet for support. And so when I started the program, I had a test group of five people and the Slack was literally me and five people. And then the next cohort, I brought in another 20 people. So the Slack group was just 25 people. And then I brought in another 20 people. So then it was 45 people. And now we're at 115 people or so. But the benefit of slowly integrating new people into the community is that there was a lot of comfort and ownership within the space. People knew each other really well. And it didn't feel too overwhelming to get to know the new people that were joining also because they all kind of came in in batches, they came in at the same time, they introduced themselves. So existing members could very quickly see, okay, here are the new people coming in. They could set up one-on-ones if they wanted with them. But also for the new people coming in, we had weekly calls with five of us or 20 of us. So they got to know the people coming in with their cohort too. And I think that's something that is really missing in a lot of people launching online communities right now. They already have some audience, some level of scale, And they think, if I just introduce these people into a digital space, it'll go really well. But when you do that, most of those people don't know anybody else. And it's also immediately overwhelming how many people are there. It feels very difficult to feel like you belong in that space or that space belongs to you. And when you do things smaller, you can be more intentional. You can kind of co-create the space more easily, get rapid feedback from the majority of members on what they want to see and how they want it to work and roll that out very quickly. So how do you then go from these small, I mean, a weekly call with five or 10 people, how do you then scale that? I mean, there's this kind of fine balance between, you know, personal touches that feel really good and feel like you own the space and scaling so that you can actually grow and continue to expand your community space. So how do you kind of find that balance between automating tasks and still keeping that personal touch? Well, the challenge I put out to people listening to this is, first, why do you want to scale? Not saying scaling is wrong, but it's too much of a foregone conclusion in my mind, where there's a lot of power in small, intimate communities that aren't scalable. And if your business model is set up so that it needs to be sustained on low-priced memberships, okay, I guess scaling makes some sense. But if you haven't thought through the business model aspect of it, it might be more valuable to keep it small for a very specific type of person. 
if you decide that it really does need to scale, then you do need to think intentionally about how do I solve these problems of making sure that when people come into the space, they feel connected to it. When I was studying digital community, the first thing I did was look at analog in-person community because that's been around for forever, right? And this is all fairly new. And one of the communities that kept coming up time and time again as a place where people were loyal and uh, consistent, where they had a lot of a feeling of identity with the space was CrossFit. And if you think about the CrossFit community and you think about CrossFit generally, usually you're brought into a CrossFit gym or a CrossFit program because there's somebody else that you know who's already there. And they're like, hey, come with me. Let me show you into the space. So on day one, you're showing up with somebody that you know. And then also usually they will show you around the physical space so you feel comfortable within it. You know where things are, where the bathroom is, where the front desk is, where certain machines are, where certain exercises take place. And along the way, they're also probably introducing you to some of the people they already know there. That is just a much better joining experience of a community than we see in most digital communities. Most of the time, it's very much fun for yourself. It's as if you stumble across this gym, you walk in, and there's nobody paying attention to the fact that you're there. And there's like, hey, use whatever you want, talk to whoever you want. And while you could do that, it feels intimidating. And in a digital place where exiting is as easy as clicking an X in the top left corner, most people do that. So all this to say, if you want to scale your community, you need to think about how do I have that experience for everybody at scale that when you come in, you feel comfortable in the space, you feel like you are welcome there, and you can get connected to some of the other people there too. I really, really like that. You still have the Slack community. Do you have any other community spaces for freelancing school? Yeah. So Slack is where the Unreal community lives. And I've been really enjoying the new Circle community that I'm using for freelancing school. It's a new program, new platform, I should say. And it's something that I finally feel like somebody is building for the use case that I want. Like there are lots of platforms out there. Some of them say they're for community. Most of them don't. Like Slack, as much as I love it, it's where work happens. And that is clear from the way that the space functions. It's clear from the way that they price memberships to it. Like it's just not a place for a community platform. Circle is building for my use case, building for creators who are trying to build community around their content or ideas or anything like that. And I've really, really enjoyed that. It's going to scale a lot better than Slack does because it is closer to a forum than closer to like synchronous messaging the way that Slack is. But yeah, I'm really, really bullish on that platform. I would love to hear from you then just the conversation about going to where your community members are, which is often the argument for staying on Slack or Facebook. That's where the people are. So you go to them versus building your own platform on a space where people, your members have to intentionally go. What has your experience been bringing people into that platform and actually making sure that they're engaging? It's been pretty good. I mean, is the bar to engagement a little bit higher? Of course. But if you are thinking through the lens of go to where your community is, I see the logic in that. And I think it does make it easier for people to remember and stumble back into the space. But to me, that's also often rooted in the wrong desires. It's more about like, how do I make sure I get some of those person's attention? And by being in workflow in a platform where they already are, that's kind of a crutch. Whereas if you're creating a really valuable space where somebody is saying, I can't imagine not having this resource, I can't imagine not having this community, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, they're going to go there because they know that it's valuable to them and they find 
that it helps them in some way. So if you're willing and interested in building something that is remarkable, that people can't think about living without and genuinely care about, I don't think it matters what platform you build it on. Amen. I love that. Well, Jay, I feel like we kind of talked about all sorts of things. But the one question that I ask all of my guests at the end of the show is, what is a memorable moment you've had with this community, either freelancing school or Unreal Collective? Oh, gosh, there's a lot of them. I am constantly, and this isn't a moment so much as like a pretty consistent moment. I'm constantly seeing collaborations between members in the community who I know met either because of their mastermind group or because they were in the Slack community, like constantly seeing new kinds of collaboration. Sometimes it's literally starting businesses. Sometimes it's starting projects. Sometimes it's just kind of creative fun. But I love, love, love seeing that. And because a lot of the community is service providers, and this is true of freelancing school too, I see a lot of people find new clients in the community. It's the thing that you don't necessarily have to market and I don't want to market because I don't want to make it a status, stated promise of, hey, if you go through this program, you're probably going to get clients. It's going to pay for itself. But that's been the reality for just about every service professional that I've worked with through the program. And it's really satisfying to see because anytime that you are the bridge between two people, anytime that you create a new relationship through the confines of the thing that you make, that is like the most value you can give to a person and they will remember that. They will thank you for that. It will come back to you in some way. And communities are a really great way to do that at scale. Beautiful. And I feel like that's why we get up in the morning, isn't it? For sure. For sure. To be that bridge. It's all about helping people. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jay. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. For sure. Thanks for having me. Love what you guys are doing. Yeah, just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own event community, go to pod.bevyhq.com. That's pod.bevyhq.com.